Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to episode number 14 with Justin Bennett. Today, we are going to talk about gross versus net. Now, Justin, let's begin by defining what both of those terms mean when it comes to financial services. Sure. When I think it's important to spell out and offer this definition for both gross and net to give our listeners some valuable context. And so gross rate of return would simply be the rate of return that an account may receive before taxes and before term insurance may be deducted from one's world. And the net rate of return would simply be the total return of an investment account after taxes have been subtracted and after a term insurance calculation has been also subtracted. Okay. So why is this important though? So, I mean, that seems pretty basic. Isn't that how most people present information to their clients? I think it's important because so often I see the conversation with the general public be done in such a way where people look at their world in a very micro way where they'll just look at their retirement account or they'll just look at their non-retirement investment account and they'll do some quick calculations and determine what the what the rate of return may have been over some said period of time and they'll oftentimes use that as a barometer on what to expect going forward which obviously historical results are no indication of future performance but you know that the conversation inside of that gross investment management rate of return conversation is very micro because it just takes into account that that one investment account and it doesn't take into account the entire personal economy of one's financial world which involves a lot more than just that investment account and so what we like to talk to our clients about what we think is refreshing what we feel is absolute full and clear transparency is to say we have this rate of return on the investment account whether it be a retirement account or a non-retirement account. And then what we have to do to only make it fair and realistic is to subtract out the taxes, whether it be the embedded tax, which is a tax that somebody will pay in the future on the money that comes out of the retirement account or the ongoing tax that they're going to pay on some of the return within their non-retirement investment account. So they have to subtract out that tax liability. And then they also have to take into account the fact that, you know, if they're, which most of our clients are, responsible and family-oriented and disciplined people, they have, you know, life insurance. And it's very common before folks sit with us that they only have and they only plan on having term life insurance, which Mm -hmm. is an outlay on their money. So if they're laying out money for term life insurance and ultimately that money is going to be money that's exhausted from their balance sheet, plus the life insurance benefit will be exhausted at some future point simply because term insurance is designed that way, we have to take into account the term life insurance outlay as well as this tax liability and subtract those two numbers 
from what the gross rate of return on that investment account will be. And that will give a person a full, clear, and accurate representation of what the money is that they will have to be able to spend and enjoy for them, their family, and their future. Well, how do you figure out what that tax rate will be? Do you project based off of previous averages? Help help me understand that a little bit more. So we're, we're certainly not tax professionals, and therefore we rely heavily on uh, tax professionals to come up with tax calculations, oh, okay. which I think is the accurate and professional way to yeah, handle totally. that. But I think for conversation and illustrative and modeling purposes, we would use either the capital gains, the current capital gains tax rate mm-hmm. or the ordinary income tax rate okay. that somebody may be at from an effective tax rate perspective. So we'll always lean on you know, the tax advisor of the client or the tax advisor that you know we may be working with to come up with that because we don't offer tax advice. Now, the name of this podcast is Your Optimal Personal Economy, correct? Correct. So you're talking about real optimization here. Are there any good questions that our listeners should ask either themselves or if they're working with another financial services professional to see if their advisor is doing this level of optimization? I think the first and simple question would be, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor, when you take into account my total return on my investment account and you subtract out my term insurance cost as well as my embedded or my ongoing tax liability, what does my net rate of return work out to be? question mark and don't say a word Mm -hmm. and allow that advisor to answer. And that's why I was so excited when we talked about the name of the podcast today being gross versus net, because that does seem to be the ultimate question. What sort of things should, this seems to be eye-opening. I'm going to change gears there. This seems to be eye-opening when it comes to seeing rates of return. Now, I know you have a very strong educational component to your practice. How do you educate your clients to have realistic expectations on rate of returns because we've been told for so long, Justin, that gross is what we should be focused on. Well, we're able to talk to clients in terms of looking at their planning in really three phases of life. It's the wealth accumulation phase, the wealth distribution phase, and the wealth preservation phase. And money operates differently in the wealth accumulation versus the wealth distribution phase. And so the principles around money and the understanding of how money works in an optimal economy needs to be understood in each of the two phases to then determine how to properly plan and properly position money decisions so that it's the most optimal. And so we are very clear when talking to somebody in the accumulation phase and helping them understand how money works. And then furthermore, helping them with a little bit of a preview of how money is going to work in the distribution phase, even though they're not there, they need to understand how it's going to operate to some extent because it's going to dictate and drive current day decisions around how they position their money. Wonderful. Well, any any closing statements, any other thing that you want to pass on to our listeners today about paying closer attention to what those numbers are and what they mean? The difference between gross and net is pretty simple. Net is simply the amount of money that you have in your fingertips to be able to spend and enjoy, whereas gross would suggest there's some layer of money or monies that will be subtracted before you have that money in your hands to be able to spend and enjoy. 
Well, Justin, thank you. Thank you very much for your thought leadership today. Thanks, Matt. And if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. It makes it easy for you to get a new podcast every time Justin comes out with something new. And it also makes it easy for you to share with your friends and family. For Justin Bennett, this is Matt Haller, and thank you very much. And we'll see you very soon.